Well, you know what I think. I'm a Christian. I'm not going to deny that. I do want everyone to feel comfortable. That's why I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. Please do not go religious. Somebody's going to hell over there. He better not. Even the devil will speak the truth for, for his own purposes. This is war. Accept it. Back to Jerusalem podcast. Yeah, I'm back and I'm armed with righteousness. With your host, Eugene Bach. He just seems like he's got it all figured out. He's a righteous dude. Yep. Hello and welcome to another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, and I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of Sweden this time, where I have our good friend Will, who's with us now, and uh, he is on the other line joining us for this podcast. Hey, Will. Hey, how you doing? For those of you that are not familiar with Will, he's the one that runs everything at the U.S. office for Back to Jerusalem, and uh, he's the one that puts together the tours. So if you have ever thought about bringing Brother Yun into your church uh, to come and speak at your tour, or maybe you are insane enough to think about just having me or somebody from Back to Jerusalem come and share about Back to Jerusalem uh, at your church, we would absolutely love that. But if somebody wants to have myself or someone from B2J or Brother Yun come and join their church or speak at their church, how do they do that, Will? So if you go to the website backtojerusalem.com at the bottom of almost every page there's a little icon down there it says invite brother yun to your church it has a uh, little picture of brother yun so you can't miss it it's at the bottom of the home page and almost every page if you click on that it gives you all the information you need there's a form you can fill out and submit it to us and then you're in the system and the way it normally works is when we get enough invitations from one area then we uh, take a very serious look and that's where we'll send him for his next tour Cool. I know that Brother Yun loves going to new churches. He loves going to churches all around the United States, sharing about his story. So he always shares about his story, about when he was in prison, about the miraculous way he was able to walk out of China's most maximum security prison. To this day, he is the only person to ever walk out of the Zhengzhou maximum security prison without being officially released. He's the only person to ever be recorded as escaping from that prison. Uh, the yeah, authorities. I understand they still have him on record as being there, correct? <laughs> I, I don't know. I've been there. I've been to the prison. I haven't been inside the prison. But um, I went there and, and took some pictures so that we could use them for the Heavenly Man book when it was released in 2003. So I remember in the very early days pretending to buy plumbing equipment across the street <laughs> so that yeah. I could get some secret pictures. Because, I mean, during those days, as a foreigner, you just you know brought a lot of attention to yourself. And so yeah. we had to pretend you know we could have sent somebody from china to go and take pictures for us but we didn't want them to get in trouble either and uh we didn't really you know have the time to train anybody to take a super secret 007 pictures so we decided hey let's just go and pretend to buy some stuff across the street and take some photos and so we did we took some uh, photos of the prison and there's you know always these people that always say you know well he didn't really uh, miraculously get released from that prison. Okay. He was in the prison. He's no longer in the prison. They never right. released him from the prison. So what's your explanation? That's right. I mean, yeah, and that's, I mean, if it's true what I've heard, I've also heard that they still have record, you know, that he's there. So um, it's proof that he's never been released from that prison, <laughs> yeah. but he's obviously not there. Yep. And I mean, a lot of people say, well, he paid, 
he paid some people to, you know, get him out. Really? With what? Yeah, From right. who? I mean, there's nobody. I mean, he was a poor farmer. He had no money. And there was nobody, you know, walking up to Zhengzhou prison, handing over bushels of money for him to be released. It really is a miracle. And even if, let's say that even if, for the sake of argument, he was released because he paid a bribe, how was he going to walk out? His ankles were smashed. His legs were broken. He was thrown in solitary confinement. So even if somebody paid for him to get out, they would have had to carry him out on a stretcher. Someone would have remembered that. And they don't. Yeah, it's, it's amazing his testimony and just even whenever he got out that there was a taxi sitting out in front of the prison just waiting for him. And I mean, how many taxis hang around in front of prisons? I mean, I can just yeah. see the Ubers lined up in front of the prison just waiting for someone to call him and say, hey, I'm coming out. Get ready. So, and those aren't the guys that usually pay the bill. So, I mean, even if there are people that need taxis, you may not want to pick them up. <laughs> that's exactly right. So, but yeah, it, um, I think we found, though, that whenever God starts to move, um, people either get really excited about it and get on board or else to make their conscience feel better, they have to deny that these things are actually happening. And so you usually get one of those two responses. People get super excited to see what God was doing in his life or they try to deny and tear him down and say it never happened so that the lack of God working in their lives um, makes them feel better. And, you know, there are probably people that are listening to this podcast and they, they have no desire whatsoever to ever invite Brother Yun to their church. But if they do, if somebody's like, oh, dude, that's something I would love to do. What are the boundaries? Like, you know, let's say that I have a, a small church of only maybe a hundred people at the most or whatever. Uh, what does B2J require of my church? What does B2J require of me? What can I expect as a church that invites Brother Yen? Yeah, so there's really not much that we do require or expect other than, of course, if you want them to come, you know, a heart to hear what the message is going to be presented. And so that means that you're open to um, obviously receiving Brother Yuan, letting him share what God puts on his heart, which 90% or plus of the time, it's his testimony. And we've seen him um, share a message that God put on his heart. So just that you're open to receive whatever he has to share and along with that, a representative of Back to Jerusalem to be able to share about the vision and the work of the um, Back to Jerusalem underground churches going into the surrounding countries. So, so those are the two main things that are required. And then we also ask that you are willing to take up a free will offering and give space in your foyer or some visible area where we can set up a book table where we can have books available um, when we have books at tour, we don't uh, sell books. We make them available for donations only. And we really mean donations. So we don't have a set price or a set donation. Like you give a donation of $20 or more, you get a book. We've had many people come to our table that would put in a couple, a handful of coins or something. And even people that didn't have anything that we would just give them books and say, if you want to read it, if you'll read it, yeah, I'll read it. Take the books. And so donations only, um, being willing to allow us to bring those materials in, give them out for donations, being willing to take up a free will offering. And 100% of everything that comes out of that offering, 100% of everything that comes off the book table will go to a specific project that we have for that evening. And normally the projects are Bibles in a closed country somewhere is normally what one of the projects is. Yeah, and I mean, we've done fundraising for a while for the... the um small little pill-sized Bible that we've been using inside of North Korea. Um, yes. We will not be doing any fundraising for that for the next couple of months just because it's not, e I mean, if we continue to raise funding, which would be great, 
we don't have a way to produce them at the moment just because of the factories being shut down in China. So um, we, we're going to take a pause on that fundraising for this next um, fundraiser, but we will be raising money for Bibles. So we'll still be raising money for Bibles, but it, 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 and it will go for mainly our printed Bible in many different areas, not just China, but also Iran and North Korea. Uh, these are places where people def- desperately, desperately, desperately need Bibles. And so that is one of the things that we really want to focus on. Um, that's that's a big need. Wherever we go, is it's still Bibles. It is. And what's amazing is we have people all the time ask us, so how can we get more involved in the work of uh, Back to Jerusalem? And how can we support the ministry more? Simply going to our website, inviting Brother Yun to come to your church um, is being involved. It doesn't cost you anything. Um, it takes a little time and effort on your behalf to get it organized and try to invite people in from the community, but that's it. I mean, just invite them to your church and we'll do the rest and you can open up your uh, facility and take up the offering and, uh, get people to come to the book table and either buy books or, um, just leave a donation or just take books if you don't have anything. And that's a very vital part in helping to spread and awareness and being a part of of what God's doing through the underground church. Yeah. And I mean, you're talking about the books when, when we go on tour, we've usually got a handful of books that we take with us. Um, but if people are like, okay, I'm not going to be on the route where you guys are at. I'm not going to be, uh, in the area next month in March, or maybe it's already past the time of our tour by the time that someone listens to this podcast, maybe they listen to it later in 2020 than after we've already done our tour and they say, I would love to have some of the books. What are some of the offers that we have right now for books on our website on backtodrusalem.com? Do we have any special uh, deals? Yeah, backtodrusalem.com, go to the web store. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm not sure that we have any specials right now. Oh, man, you... They you're killing me. This podcast comes you're killing out. me. I, I thought we were going to be offering our, our people that listen to the podcast a, a special deal. And they're like, man, I thought that I was going to get this really amazing deal. Like you guys are going to give out free books or something. But nope, you just just helped us crash and burn, Will. Yeah, I know. Sorry about that. When we should do that, we should consider doing that sometime too, um, where we can offer that to people. That would be a really cool idea to just have a code and say, you listen to this podcast, go to our website, type in this code and you'll get a discount. That's actually a really good idea. Let's do that. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Hey, everything's there on the bookstore. Um, all the, (laughs) the prayer bears from, um, Iraq, the kids books, um, the books about North Korea, uh, the underground church in China. We have several different stories of um, different pastors from China. Uh, everything is there in the in the bookstore. And I mean, you know, you were talking about doing a giveaway at the meetings. Basically, if you don't have anything, what you have, you can give for the, at the book table for the books. Uh, but if you have nothing, if you come, especially if you're like a a Bible student or a college student, or maybe you're in between jobs. Um, come back to the table. We got the books ready for you. Um, and feel free at our meetings to take whatever books that you desire, especially if it will inform you about China and the back to Jerusalem vision of the Chinese underground house church. We want to put those materials in your hand, especially if you are a parent and you've got young children. Um, this is, you know, I kind of almost feel like with you right now in the U S I feel that this is almost appropriate. I feel like this is almost like a, a Bernie Sanders crusade, except that, you know, we're not relying on taking from other people to give you a free book. 
So we're we're like doing equal distribution of back to Jerusalem books. How how well, is how if are we do, if we do like Bernie Sanders, then what we would say is if you see someone walking around with two books, please help yourself to at least one of them. <laughs> or uh, if if the if the person walking around without a book uh, is greedy, then reach your hand in his pocket, take out his wallet, and <laughs> pay That's buy, right. buy, buy, buy books for about five people. That's it. That's it. That's yeah, it. that that's getting insane right now in the U.S. I just saw that the primary that you guys had in um, in Nevada had Bernie Sanders at number one. He's got the most delegates right now, so he might be competing for the highest office in the United States. And yeah. regardless of what people think about the current administration with President Trump. Um, who I didn't vote for, but um, one of the things that I've really liked about him is the way that he has stood behind the church, uh, the way that he has stood up for Christian persecution. And this is a big one. This was a big, big one, and it just came out on the news um, last night. Um, <clears throat> Trump has been a huge supporter of Israel. And with the, the, the he had uh, built the or moved the U.S. embassy uh, from Tel Aviv into Jerusalem, which was a big deal that basically said, hey, guess what? Jerusalem is the capital city of Israel. That is amazing for Christians that have been praying for Israel for generations now. And uh, Bernie Sanders just came out um, yesterday, I think it was, and said that I will not be attending the APAC conference, which is the main conference made up of Republicans and Democrats, Jews and non-Jews, rich and poor from all walks of life to support Israel. He said he will not, he will, he will not attend that meeting. And that for me, it would be a very sad mark if someone like Bernie Sanders, who doesn't have that, even as a Jew, because he is, he is Jewish. So uh, even as a Jew, someone that would that that would disregard our our friendship with Israel in, in that way, and uh, and I've been ve- I've been very happy with the way that um, he has tackled or President Trump, the current administration, has tackled the uh, challenges with Palestine and the attacks on Israel. Yeah, it's been impressive, um, and this isn't a political spew by any means, but it's been very impressive to see what he's been doing behind the scenes that never gets reported. Um, he's the first president ever who's come to and spoke at a pro-life rally. That's huge. That's so group. huge. Yeah. yeah. There's just so many huge things that he's been doing. Um, some people say he's a professing Christian. Um, others I've talked to who have talked to him personally said he isn't. Yeah, you know, um, but, whether he uh, so is or not, uh, many of the many of the uh, platforms that he has stood on, many of the actions that he has taken, many of the bills that he has signed, many of the executive um, um, uh, commands or whatever that he has signed into 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 law have been so beneficial for the church and has been. It, right along the lines of what Christians have been praying for for years. And people are like, oh, well, he's just, you know, pandering to his base. Good. <laughs> I, I'm glad somebody is pandering to the Christians. That would be, that's an, it feels nice every once in a while to feel like prayers have been answered. Yes, absolutely. And that's, that was the point that I was getting at is even though he may not be, and he comes up with the craziest things sometimes, and you wonder where in the world he comes with that. We've, we've seen 
that he's um, not hostile towards Christianity, and he's seen the value of Christianity not only in America but around the world and what it adds to the nations and the value of uh, a country whenever they have these Christian principles in their nation. Yeah, and when you have people that are really campaigning hard for Bernie Sanders, people like Ilhan Omar, which is a is a uh, a Muslim woman in the U.S. Congress that is just so anti-Israel, anti-Jewish, pro-Islam. It's it's one of those things that okay, it's it's it can happen. It can you can still have this. Uh, amazing power that is in the hands of the U.S. president, whoever that is, start to go on the side of Muslims, start to pander to those that chant death to Israel, chant death to Christian nations. But it's a sad day when that actually takes place. And Ilhan Omar has definitely been a part of that movement. And it's something that I bring up on uh, for Back to Jerusalem just because one of the things that I have found amazing um, I, I learned this just a few months ago when I was in China and the, the, the Chinese were talking about the, the, the riots and the protests that were taking place inside of Hong Kong. And the, the Chinese uh, underground house church leaders were, just were not in support of the idea of those protests. They, they felt, you know, Hong Kong belongs to China. Um, that's where they stand, regardless of what our listeners think or whatever. But the thing that surprised me the most is when Trump's name came up across the board, the top leaders that I was talking to were actually pro-Trump. So, and that was in the middle of the trade war. So I don't know what's going on. Um, it hasn't been my influence at all. I have said zero. I make it a point to never, ever, ever, ever um, discuss politics with the Chinese leaders of the Underground House Church because I'm just focused on the spiritual elements, the idea of completing the Great Commission, and I'm there to support them and help them in any way that I can. But it came up, and they started talking about it, and I mean, I just I found that humorous. That, uh, that they were fans of Trump. <laughs> yeah, I find it humorous and ironic because I found usually the opposite, that they're the ones that want to stay focused on spreading the gospel and, and not talking <laughs> yeah. about politics. Yep. And they're the ones that have challenged me to say, you know, when you, have, when you do have a hostile government, um, we in the West, we tried to do everything we can to protest it and to sign petitions or whatever to like shut them down and to get a government that we support. But our Chinese brothers and sisters have been supporting even their hostile government. I mean, of course they would want to have one that gives them more freedom and liberty, but they have taken the, if this is the leader that God gave us, then we're not going to try to go against them. We're just going to stay faithful and they've seen the value of, of making their church stronger through it. And that's just been amazing to me. So I find it ironic that they're the ones that brought up uh, the Trump issue and, and did a little <laughs> yeah. reversal on it. But and, they and have been such a tremendous blessing to me. The yes, China. yes. And they really, I think, show us because, you know, my feeling as someone who was born in America, if your government persecutes you the way that the Chinese government persecutes the Chinese church, if your government sets in policies against you the way that the Chinese government set in policies against the underground house church, if your government despises you in the way that the Chinese government seems to so deeply despise the underground house church, my feeling is protest, fight, resist, bring about change. 
But that's not who they are. They're like, no, this is this is our lot. This is where we are. God has appointed the ruler. We pray for them. We support them. And we will endure this persecution. And the persecution that started two years ago inside of China hasn't really eased up. I mean, one of the things that we are seeing, especially like in Wuhan, for instance, we are seeing um, the government arresting Christians that are out on the streets trying to help people in Wuhan. They're out on the streets, um, not just arresting Christians and putting them in jail, but they're then making them susceptible to the coronavirus disease, which is why the Christians are out on the streets anyway, doing the ministries, because the, the nation has really been crippled by this coronavirus. But they're also, the government is also confiscating the aid that these Christians are trying to help uh, hand out. So it's like, dude, at what point do you not just resist? But no, the Chinese, they just continue to pray. And it feels like God has got their back. I mean, China is really suffering as a result, I believe, of the their persecution that they brought against Christians. Yeah, um, and I think you just did an article, or someone just did an article with website about the, the four different plagues, and there's more going on, and... Um, than just the coronavirus in China right now that could possibly be a direct result of their uh, resistance to Christianity and their persecution of the church there. And uh, We've seen it before in the past, and, you know, God works, God is sovereign, and I think sometimes we rely on government to, um, to lead us to Christ or to lead us as Christians, but God is sovereign and no government is going to stand in his path. Uh, we sometimes think that maybe God is having this struggle or this fight against a government, but he never does. He always uses governments and rulers for his honor and for his glory, and his will is always done. There's never even a close battle that um, the God is in control despite the governments. And so it's very interesting. Uh, go check it out on our website, that article about the four plagues that are um, plaguing China right now. Yeah, you know, um, I we, we posted that on our B2J Facebook page, so people on our Back, Back to Jerusalem Facebook page can go and find that article. It's um, You'll see kind of a map of China, and, is, and it talks about the four deadly plagues that are hitting China and why. And we asked the question, you know, why are these plagues hitting China? One of the things that was interesting is that uh, we started to get comments, and this is mainly on the Back to Jerusalem Facebook page. Uh, there is an individual who wrote and and completely disagreed with the idea. Now they they did misrepresent, and this is something I would love to you know kind of hear your view on. Will um, there is a there is a person that uh, just by looking at their names, I, uh, I, the name of the person, I'm thinking that they are from uh, the Netherlands, maybe, but. <clears throat> When they, because I talked about the four plagues that are hitting China right now. And I talked about the timing, how these four plagues line up with the timing of what is taking place and has been taking place inside of China for the last two years. Now, for those of you that haven't yet read the article, basically, this is what the article says. Two years ago, starting in 2018, but the legislation was passed in 2017, that China uh, ha put new laws into effect that basically persecuted the church more than it has been in the last two decades. Now, anybody who's been following Back to Jerusalem, and especially the podcast that I've been doing for a while, you'll know that for two years, I've been just sharing update after update about how the Chinese have just gone after 
the Chinese house church. I mean, they've just been hardcore persecution and the Chinese have just been enduring it. And so uh, what I did was uh, I saw that there were things that were crippling the Chinese economy since the Chinese uh, has been taking this step. So since the Chinese have declared war on Chinese Christians, what we have seen is the economy drop out of the bottom in China. We've seen it take an absolute nosedive. We've seen unemployment in China go through the roof. And so uh, I, I start to share with people why that is. Now, listen at this. This, I think, is really interesting. Um, what happens in uh, the year 2018 or 2019, um, we see that the summer, in the summer of 2018, um, President Trump steps out in July and basically slaps new sanctions, over $500 billion worth of sanctions on China. And this, this crippled the Chinese economy in an amazing way. And that was only the beginning. China did everything that they could, and they could only find about $180 billion of products coming from the U.S. into China that they could put tariffs on. And they put massive tariffs, much bigger than what the U.S. did. But they, didn't, they, they couldn't really bring about any other tariffs that would you know, really cripple the U.S. They were at the end of their rope. The U.S. had just gotten started. And so what we saw was that uh, China uh, started to suffer from this trade war with President Trump. <clears throat> Keep in mind, China was suffering financially in a way that I didn't think was possible in the year 2019, 2018, or 2020. But they did. They suffered greatly. The U.S. did not suffer in a way that I didn't think they could get away with in 2018, 19, and 20. But Trump made a decision to move the embassy from Tel Aviv into Jerusalem. I don't know, but I've said this many times. I believe that when you bless God's people, your nation is blessed. And we saw that. We saw the economy in the U.S. continue to rise 2017, 18, 19, when they shouldn't have been. During a trade war, they shouldn't have been. And then China, which held all the cards in their hand, and everybody, including myself, thought that China was really going to put the screws to the U.S., ended up having the screws put on them. And I believe that that is directly related to the Chinese government persecuting the, the uh, Christian church. Okay, so that's one. That's, uh, for, for lack of a better term, I said that that's a plague because what that has, it has absolutely wreaked havoc on the Chinese economy. That's number one. The second plague, even when a tr the first stage of a trade kind of agreement was signed between China and the U.S., we saw right away that China was hit the very same month, the June 5th or January 15th, the agreement was signed. Around the same time, we see that China starts to get hit with the coronavirus, which has absolutely devastated. I mean, flights coming in and out of China have now come to a screeching halt almost to zero, not quite, but almost. Um, Chinese are not welcomed anywhere. Everybody's scared to death of welcoming Chinese into their country for fear that they may be carrying the coronavirus. Uh, even in areas that are on their border, like Hong Kong, which they own, and Macau, which are a part of China, are still saying, you know, we know we belong to you, 
But please, no, you you stay on your side of the border, we'll stay on our side of the border. Because people are freaked out about this. This comes at the same time. Then we have the African swine flu. And what we see with the African swine flu is that China basically loses uh, two-thirds of their, of their pigs. And they're big consumers of pork. They lose a large majority of their chicken. So their chicken and pigs have now just been wiped out with this swine flu that has hit their pigs and the pig farmers, and it's still not over. It just It's basically just got going. So that's another major third strike against China just within the last couple months. And now, right now, China's sending uh, hundreds of thousands of ducks to the Xinjiang border because this swarm of locusts that looks like it stepped out of the book of Exodus is knocking at the door of Western China, about ready to cross the border into Xinjiang. This is a problem because much of China's agricultural produce comes from Western China. If these locusts get in there and start eating that winter wheat, bad economy, tourism down, direct foreign investment because of the trade war, many factories have up and left China. So those orders aren't ever coming back. And then you have the swine flu killing off uh, animals and the animal husbandry. And then you have the locust, um, uh, you know, devastating the crops. I mean, dude, this is really, really bad. So I call this the four plagues that are hit China since China has started to persecute Christians. And this person from the Netherlands, they wrote this about the article. They said, sorry, the devil steals life. Uh, steal. So this person uh, does not speak English as their first language. That's why I assume they're probably from the Netherlands. That's my guess. I'm not really sure. But it says, sorry, the devil steals life's Christians or no, no Christian. I don't know what that means. But it says, Jesus has received all power in heaven <clears throat> and on earth. The devil has none. Jesus is now king of all kings. And now Lord above all lords, including God, whatever that means. And has the name above all names, including God. So now we cannot say in the new covenant with Jesus Christ that God is doing old covenant things because God gave all power to Jesus Christ. God does not do anything old covenant killing and stealing and destroying. This is the age of Jesus Christ and he only gives life, eternal life. Jesus Christ does things through the gospel. I would recommend not to worship Satan while he is pretending the old, to be the old covenant God and doing plagues and stuff. You will give Satan room to still kill and destroy in the name of the Old Testament God. Jesus does not want anyone to die without believing in him. He died for everyone. Jesus is only moving through the new covenant, the gospel. I am going to pray against all plagues that is killing and destroying people. It's from the devil. I pray that the gospel will spread more in the midst of these storms and what Jesus is doing now and what he wants to do. So basically, this person says that the old, the New Testament God, Jesus, is a loving God and he does everything in love and grace and passion. And the Old Testament God was someone that is now done away with, that we don't see him anymore. And uh, one person wrote and said, God doesn't change. And then this person wrote back and said, laws and covenants do change. And uh, one person wisely wrote and said that, you know, um, 
actually what the article says is that what you what you sow so shall you reap basically so if you sow attacks against the christians you're going to receive you're going to reap that it says um julie thompson wrote god says in the new testament that a man reaps what he sows governments are groups of men why do you not think that they will not reap what they have sown and then this person from the netherlands writes back and says julie I agree that China reaps what it sows, though the article says it's God doing it, which is not correct. I corrected them on that. I said, no, actually, I didn't say God is bringing the plagues. I just merely pointed out the plagues have arrived at the very same time that the persecution in China against Christians has increased. Yeah, yeah there's there's actually two things that as you were reading that and as we've... Uh I've been through that that came to my mind. And one is um, a discussion I just had this week, actually yesterday with some people at church, that um, God in the Old Testament and God in the New Testament is the same God. God hasn't changed. He never does. The only difference is that we now have a mediator, Jesus, who gives us hope and, um, and on our behalf. But people um, don't know what to do with the God of the Old Testament. They say, yes, if they disobeyed, he would kill. Well, what do you do then with Ananias and Sapphira? They were New Testament. They were who chose to test God and try God, and God stroked them dead. This is New Testament, not Old Testament. Ananias and Sapphira, and then you have Job as well. That Satan came to the, the Lord or came to God and asked for permission to bring these plagues, these things against Job, and he attacked Job. So it was Satan who was doing it, but he couldn't do it without the permission of God, and so. When people say that Satan's doing it, God doesn't do it, I agree that God doesn't go out and he doesn't attack us. But nobody, the devil cannot do anything unless God gives him permission to do it. So whether it's the devil who brought these plagues on or whether God, you know, allowed it to happen, it's all really, as I see it, a technology of, you know, words and how we feel, we believe, what we think. But none of it happens unless God allows it. So yeah, and, and God, what I love... God is in control no matter what. Yeah, and what I love is what the Chinese have written themselves. So the church in Wuhan, which is the church that we support, that we support the Underground House Church of China, and this is where they are. This is this is directly from their lips. So I got this directly from the church in Wuhan. This is a letter that they've written to the entire world to pray for them. And what they say is this. I'm going to read it. Uh, in its in its full context, so that the listeners can get an idea of where the church stands on this issue, it says God, full of compassion and mercy, we lay prostrate before you and confess our sin. We have sinned against you, our city, our country, our compatriots, and we ourselves are short of your glory. Wuhan and the surrounding cities have now been closed, and the spread of the virus has exceeded our capacity. The city is surrounded by the shadow of death. We, the covenant people, who have received great grace, cry out to you, O Lord, asking you to please forgive us for our pride and ignorance. Our, our, our neglect has created this global disaster. Today, we repent for our sins. Please purify our hearts. Save us, O Lord, from this great calamity. Forgive us our sins and transgressions. Save us from this disaster. You are the only one that can save us. Help us not hide ourselves, but may we have a strong sense of social responsibility to serve the elderly 
and the children. We, spend spe- we send special prayers to the protection of those living in poverty in the countryside villages. We pray for our fellow citizens of the city of Wuhan to prevent the spread of the virus. May they no longer take the situation lightly. We pray to you, almighty God, to send warm weather so that this virus has no hospitable environment in which to live. We pray that you provide protection over the city as well. O Lord, we remember the healthcare workers in particular. Protect them as they serve the sick. We pray for your mercy, O Lord. Our bodies are weak and vulnerable like dust in the wind. May we come to you with a heart of repentance. Help us to preach your message. Remain upright and righteous before you and lead a clean life with a transformed heart. Only you give peace and hope. Merciful God, you are slow to anger and abundant in love. Please remove this plague. Hear the cry of your people and have the mercy of the city of Wuhan. And have mercy on the city of Wuhan. These are the prayers of the church of the, that the Lord loves and the, all the holy name of our Redeemer, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This is a letter of a repent a people that are on their face repenting. Not that they need to repent any more than I do. But they definitely see the connection that, dear God, have mercy on us. Forgive us for being negligent and forgetting that you are our Lord and remove this plague from us. So they believe that God definitely has the power to remove it. And they definitely believe that it can be the result of their negligence and the result of their pride and the result of their forgetting that the Lord is the Lord of hosts almighty. Yeah, and that's actually been our um, plea by putting these articles out there. And we ask you to join us, to join these brothers and sisters in prayer, not to look for ways to criticize what they're doing or whatever is going on, but join them in prayer. You've heard the prayer that was just read. You've heard their hearts cry. Let's. This is a time for us to join together in unity and to um, cry out to, to heal their land, to heal them, to heal the people to bring that nation back to um, God and to just strengthen the Christians who are there. And also a time, I believe, for all of us to put a check onto our own lives and the nations we're living in and to pray for our governments and to pray for um, our leaders that we don't fall so far from God and that we don't become prideful and arrogant and think that we are something as a nation or as people and uh, that beg that God has mercy on us and spares us because at any time God can remove his hand from any nation or from any person and it's going to crumble and it's going to fall. And if, if you don't believe that, I challenge you to go look at nations, make a list, start making a list of nations that at least have some type of, you know, Christian um, belief system or Judeo-Christian background or sacredness of life make a list on one side and make a list on the other side that has completely rejected that like islamic nations and just compare them yourself and see which ones appear to have the blessing of god and which ones don't to see which ones have um liberty and freedom and um just a higher quality of life in the others and you know women's rights and special interest rights and just make the comparison for yourself and decide on your own yeah no, I think that you're absolutely right. We see that just like the Pharaoh, um, when the when the Pharaoh hardened his heart and refused to release the, the God's people, when he increased the burden on God's people, the Bible says very, very clearly that God gave the Pharaoh over to his 
a heart, what he wanted to do. So his heart was hardened, not because God hardened it, but because God gave him over to his desire. So he was finally given over. And I think that in China, when we see people acting as the Pharaoh, persecuting God's people relentlessly, you're going to face the consequences. Not saying that God is this God with thunderbolts up in the sky, throwing down pain and 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 uh, and hardship on those that um, are on earth, but that when we choose to go to war with God, we reject all that He is. So if God is love, as we see very clearly in 1 John 4, 7 and 8, when God says, Brethren, let us love one another, for God is of love, and he that doesn't love doesn't know God, for God is love. If you reject God, you reject that which he is, which is love. If God is peace, if when we reject God, we reject peace. If we believe in the words of Jesus when he said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, then when we reject Christ in our society, we reject truth. We reject life. We reject the way. And so I think that it is it is very arguable that these are just the result of us being given over to our own desires. What we're seeing in China is China being released over to their own desire. And they make unwise moves. Why? Because they're, they're stupid Chinese? No, they're very smart. But when you reject the truth, you accept a lie. You embrace a lie. And a lie, a lying people is never good for their society. And we see, I mean, that's one of the reasons why we have this huge breakout with the coronavirus. People just not being honest about what's taking place. And you can't fight a disease when people aren't being honest with what it is that they're fighting. Yeah, and I mean, the doctor who first tried to expose it and to warn people of how to prevent it from spreading was one of the first people to be taken and thrown in prison. Uh, and all he wanted to do was to just help people to you know, be aware of how can you prevent this? How can you keep it from spreading? So you're right. Um, you see that. And when you were talking, too, I had to think of we might say that that's not true and that's not fair, but what father among us? When our children make a decision that isn't right, there's going to be consequences. And at some point in our lives, all fathers will say, you know, fine, if that's what you want to do, you make that decision on your own and see how it turns out. Yes. And in a loving way, yep. because we love them, allow them to make a bad decision, make a bad choice and go through the consequences. But whenever they come back and say, Dad, you know what? I made a mistake. We're right there with them, right there for them to pick them up and to walk with them again and to show them what was the better way. And so if it works in that uh, situation, why doesn't it work between God and nations? And why doesn't it work between God and his people and, and people who pull away from God? It's, it's the exact same thing. You know, it, one, of, one of the things that really challenges me is, you know, the Western desire that we have today to erase the idea of sin and embrace the idea of grace and forgiveness without ever addressing why we need it. Going even further, ignoring the why, why we need it. Now we have so many Christians who don't like to talk about the idea of hell. They don't like to talk about the idea of sin. One of the things that I love about working with the Chinese Underground House Church is that there is this constant feeling of 
at being in the presence of a holy, just God, one that is loving and forgiving, but also one that is just, that, uh, that requires righteousness in his presence. And without the blood of Christ over our sins, our sins are naked before a Savior. And we then are open to condemnation because we have sin. And if we cannot admit our sin, if we cannot confess our sin, that's a part of the whole repentance um, ideas. We have to confess our sin. And if we can't even identify that which we need to confess, how can we be forgiven? So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, if you are wanting to invite Brother Yun to come and speak at your church, write us an email. We would love to hear from you. We would love to have someone come from back to Jerusalem. may not be Brother Yun. might be somebody else. Um, but if you would like to have the, the vision of the Underground House Church shared with your church body, we would absolutely love to do that. Will, how is there an email that people can write to? There, there is email, but the absolute best way to do that, as we said at the beginning of this podcast, is go to the website. On the bottom of every page, there is a little square picture of Brother Yun that says invite Brother Yun to your church. Click on that. It takes you through all the steps. It has the basic um, layout of what to expect and what is required. Uh, and if you don't agree with that, then don't send the invitation. But if you do, uh, send the invitation. Um, for those of you who have absolutely can't get online and are only using email simply send an email to office at back to jerusalem.com and it's just all spelled out office at back to jerusalem.com um that's my email address i'll answer that and either way you do it if you go to the website which is the best way because that gives us the information we need to get you in our system and to um to see where the invitations are coming from, or if you send us an email, uh, if you're open to Eugene uh, coming and sharing with you, and Eugene and I can come and we'll do the books and we'll do the presentation. If you're open to that, just make a comment that you're open to someone other than Brother Yuan as well, and we would be more than happy to do that. Awesome. Thank you so much, Brother. I know that I'm, I'm about ready to do another podcast with a with a, um, a, a missionary from China that uh, he is uh, going to be sharing with us about the dangers of socialism. I think that you would love to be a part of that conversation. Um, wow. He's an amazing speaker. I'm going to have him come and just share with, with us in the Back to Jerusalem audience about the dangers of socialism, the dangers of communism at, from his experience of living in socialist communist nations. Thank you wow. so much, brother, for joining us. Yeah, hey, one... One quick before we sign off. At the beginning, you were disappointed because we took them to our web store and we didn't have an offer, but I now have an offer. <laughs> okay, great. What is Write it? Write this down. Balk 25. That's capital B, then U-L-C-K, and numerical 25. And it'll give you 25% off of any item in our store. Balk 25 with a capital B, and you'll get 25% off anything in, our, in the web store. Awesome. See, this is why we have to do podcasts more often. If somebody wants to come on and get a discount on the books that we have on our website, we have plenty of them. I highly recommend. I'm biased. But Bulk 25, put that into the, the um, uh, there'll be like a savings code, right? Pop up when they try to make their purchase. It up before you check out and put it in that coupon code and hit apply code and it should take 25% off. If it doesn't work, Shoot me an email, office at backtojerusalem.com, and we'll make sure it works. Awesome. Thank you so much, brother. Appreciate Absolute. it. 
God bless you. Talk to you later. And thank you so much for joining us at the Back to Jerusalem podcast. Again, I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of Sweden. God bless you.